Welcome to Podcraft, honing the art of podcasting. The bite-sized show that covers one topic in depth each series. Your complete podcasting guide. Podcraft brings the pieces together so you don't have to. And now your host, Colin Gray. Hey folks and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is series four, episode five of the series, where we're talking about planning and presenting podcasting content. So this entire series is dedicated to making your content better, both in the planning stages and how to actually present it when you get to that point. In the last episode, we talked to John Colley, who is an excellent online educator, talks about online education a lot, particularly Udemy, and I hope you got a lot out of his uh, his insights into how to present a podcast, a little bit of presentation skills. Uh, and if I'm honest, we uh, went off track a little bit and talked about a lot of other stuff too. Uh, but I hope you got a lot out of that episode uh, nonetheless. Now, on this episode, I want to cover a topic that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and it's partly due to the success of a few recent podcasts, particularly Serial, which I'm sure you've heard of if you're in the podcasting space. Now, a lot of the success of Serial is attributed to the storytelling that's uh, an integral part of it. It's really a story told over 12 episodes um, from start to finish, and I won't go into what that story is, but the skill in that podcast is around how they've actually kept it compelling, how they've created 12 episodes, all of which tell an individual story from start to finish over maybe 30 minutes to 45. But there's a story interweaved amongst the whole series as well. So the whole 12 episodes actually tell a story from start to finish as well. And I've been interested recently in how you actually create a story. So we all know stories, we all know what kind of form they take, but do we know how to create them? Is there a formal way to create them? Are there structures that can help us to create a compelling story? Because you've all heard stories. Uh, some stories are good, some stories are bad. Some books, for example, drag you through from start to finish. You can't put them down, you're always turning the page. And others, just a bit boring. So how do we manage to tell the difference? How do we formulate a story that really stays compelling, really keeps the listener or the reader uh, engaged from start to finish? Now on this episode we're going to talk to Dan Feld. So Dan is an expert in storytelling. He runs a podcast called Prologue Profiles in which he interviews entrepreneurs, successful people, and a big variety of folk actually about what makes them successful. And his speciality is teasing those stories out of people. And that comes from his background as well, which you'll talk about a bit later in the interview. So you'll find out where he gets his storytelling chops and where all that skill comes from. But suffice to say that he knows how to create a story. He knows how to tell a story. And he does have some tips around formal ways to structure a story. So how to design a story, how to make sure it stays engaging. Um, and especially tips around how to run an interview um, so that you can actually draw a story out of somebody and create a really engaging story from start to finish when you're covering somebody's life or somebody's success. So let's not hold it up anymore. Let's get right into the interview. Uh, here comes Dan Feld from Prologue Profiles. The podcast host, honing your skills. Get your free equipment buyer's guide at thepodcasthost.com forward slash kit. Get the right equipment. First time. So uh, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Colin, happy to be here. 
Great. Um, so I, just a, a little introduction first, I guess, Dan. We met just through your podcast. Uh, you got in touch and um, we just exchanged a few ideas about it. Uh, but for the listeners, can you tell me exactly what it is you do and uh, why we've got you on as a, an expert in storytelling? It's a great question. Why am I here? Well, um, in 2012, I launched a podcast called Prologue Profiles, and it features the stories and interviews of people who are taking risks, working hard, and making their dreams happen. Uh, artists, entrepreneurs, people in sports, food, um, entertainment, music, um, and I capture their story in an authentic way, and the intention is to inspire people to go after their dreams. Excellent. Sounds good. Right, how's the podcast going? <laughs> it's going awesome. Uh, the show is growing and growing this year. I've, um, I'm focusing on uh, content now. Like put it, like we could talk more about that. But uh, last Sunday I released episode 79, uh, which is was Albertina Rizzo, and she's a comic. She actually writes monologues for uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. So she talks about how basically she wanted to be a comedy writer, but she didn't know anyone in the world, and how she kind of made it, broke her way into the comedy world and went from writing a book to then, you know, writing for TV, but then wanting to get on a late night and how she got, made that happen for herself. So it's really inspiring. Excellent. Sounds interesting. I'm going to have to check that one out. I haven't listened to that one yet. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's episode so, 79. So, you know, pretty, I'll be putting out episode 80 and hopefully up episode 100 this, this year. So that's really cool. Excellent. So yeah, the thing that caught my attention though was when I saw your profile, it mentioned that you were uh, into storytelling, a storytelling expert. So can you talk mm. about that? Definitely. Yeah, so when I was going to launch my podcast, you know, I knew I was virtually unknown in the podcasting marketplace, you know, anyone outside of my friends and family. So I knew if I was going to release a show into the world, I wanted it to stand out in some way. And for me, that strategy was making it really engaging to listen to, making it what I, you know, high quality, something that I would be proud of sharing. And, uh, and since I would be interviewing people, asking them about their stories of how they made their dreams happen, um, uh, I knew that storytelling would be a huge component of that. I knew I wanted the listener to be locked in the whole way through. So that was, a, that was like pretty much, uh, and I knew if I could execute on that, then people would like it and the show would grow in a natural way. And so by focusing on storytelling, um, I'm getting, you know, the response has been so positive. People listen to the show, they become addicted. And it's a mix of elements that kind of lead to that, but storytelling is the main component uh, that I'm most proud of and that I put the most emphasis on. Great. Yeah, it's just it's something that's become really fashionable lately, hasn't it? It's just mm -hmm. I think it's with the rise of, say, the serial podcast and uh, startup uh, from uh, Alex Bloomberg. Uh, so right. people are just talking about it a lot just now. I've been looking recently into whether there's any good courses out there, any good resources, you know, structures, that type of thing. I'm just, I suppose, initially, maybe get your thoughts on whether you think that storytelling is something that can be. Uh, that can be taught, essentially? Is it something that can be structured? Definitely. Um, I think, based on my experience, um, for me, it was just kind of like uh, 
uh, I guess digesting, absorbing all the stories that are out there, and just like being drawn to interesting stories, and I guess internalizing like why I like this, or like what is it about this that's interesting, and so th that's one component. One part is just kind of absorbing different stories, taking in media. So like this American Life for me was a big inspiration for me in the audio component. Like I think they had completely nailed how to create engaging audio through storytelling. So mm -hmm. that kind of set the bar for me. Um, and then on the other side, it's like, okay, I'm someone who identifies this American Life as um, where the bar is. So that means I kind of, and then along those lines, the scary part or kind of the outside of your comfort zone part is trusting your own opinion when it comes to it. Like, I guess I know then to some degree what makes it for a good story. Maybe I can't articulate it so well, but like I'm a listener, I'm an audience. So like when I'm, when I uh, interview someone and I have 90 minutes of footage, how do I sculpt that into a 20 minute story that's compelling? And the whole, the, pro, the main component of that process is trusting your own opinion, what you like, what you don't like, when you're listening and when you tune out. Uh, so I think uh, it totally can be taught. It, you know, you have to basically uh, look for stories and you have to trust your own opinions. It's kind of like the combination of the two. And then there's different like components and like what makes for a good story that we can talk about as well. Yeah, great. Why do they work in the first place then? Before we get into actually what makes a good story, how you create one, why why are they so compelling, do you think? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, stories uh, capture our attention, right? Like, what what is a story, right, compared to like, <laughs> we're getting kind of philosophical here, but like a story compared to just like the news, you know, story kind of is a narrative, Right, you can ask Walt Disney what what why we like stories. You know, like clearly there's something going on. Clearly, am I making sense? I'm making sense. Um, yeah, that's good. You know, uh, I mean, I haven't really thought about why stories. You really get me here. It makes us feel like, you know, here's a story, then, okay, I can relate to that. Okay, then I'm not alone here. Like, I see myself in what they're saying, right? And then that's where the inspiration comes from. Um, you know, stories like, okay, I was here, then I did this, and now I'm here, right? And like, kind of that basic structure, you can follow along, your, your mind can kind of wrap its head around it, and also like, I don't know, your soul like feels <laughs> fed by, you know, <laughs> someone else kind of sharing their story so openly. Uh, you know, that's, that's, I've had to say something, that's what I would say. Yeah, no, that's that makes sense to me. It's it's a hard question, obviously. You're right. It's total <laughs> philosophy. Um, You're really going there, Colin. You're really going for it. Big question. <laughs> the um, the what what you said in there though that struck a chord with me was the relate part. I mean, it, I think that's to me why that's why stories work is because generally when you're trying to teach somebody something or you're trying to get a point across, you're, um, people have to translate it into their own context. But if you tell a story, it's so much easier, isn't it? Because you're telling it from a human point of view. You're telling it from somebody that, the point of view that people can relate to. Maybe it just makes it easier to process. It makes it more easy to, to put it into their context that lets them process it. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because the whole time someone's listening, it's like, why should I care? Why do I care? <laughs> You know, as long as you can provide answers for that, um, then you have them. But if they can't wrap their head around, like, why should I care right now, uh, they're going to tune out. And I think stories, we're, 
you know, we've been read stories since we were little kids. So like that's kind of the language that we're used to when in terms of when in terms of like paying attention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's how we were taught when we were children, wasn't it? They tell a story yeah. about uh, Peter and the wolf and why you shouldn't, uh, yeah, <laughs> tell exactly. tales and stuff like that. So yeah. Okay. Well, what about the um, the structure and the science of it then? Like how what, how do you tell people what makes a good story? How how do you structure a good story? Yes. So I think it's, it has to start with context. Like you have, as a listener, I want to know like who this person is, what they do, where they are, kind of like all the information is to kind of shut that. Because when you start listening to something, this, at least for me, it's like there's, there's just like this question. I, I need certain questions answered for me to pay attention. Um, unless it's like super like right to the chase, like right into it, you're like, you kind of figure it out. Sometimes like novels are like that. But for me, uh, when I'm interviewing someone or when I'm presenting an episode, I want the listener to have all those basics like who, what, when, where, why is uh, answered, right? So context is important. And then it's kind of like a narrative. It's like, okay, this is where I was at. This is how I felt. Um, and then, you know, I realized this so I took this action, and then by taking this action, this happened, right? It's like linear in a way. And then there are characters who come into play, like, okay, my grandfather, he, he uh, gave me this advice, and I really respect him, so that had an impact on me. Like, we love characters. Um, and, and then, you know, you're, you're, with the, you're riding with him or her on this story, and then... Um, you know, it, it gets to like a climax, so to speak. Like they get they get the job at at um, Fallon, right? And then okay, we can kind of like ease into like what it's like to do what she's doing. Speaking about Albertina Rizzo, what it's like for her to be a comedy writer at um, Fallon. Like, what's her typical day? Okay, because you know now you want to hear that because you you've been rooting for her this whole time, um, and she's kind of like and uh, also, you know as humans, we like to kind of maybe like brag or something or like talk of like something that could potentially turn you off. Like, you know, we don't, uh, I kind of, um, make sure that they earn like the l listeners respect so that they can talk about what it's like to be on Fallon. Um, so that you get like, okay, she wasn't just handed this job. Oh, she really had to work for it. She really pushed through. She, you know, overcame all this, um, and um, then, you know, we're kind of in this, like, what is it like to do what they're doing? And, um, you know, you, you're, you're invested already. So it's about, like, earning that investment, which comes from, like, hitting all those points that I, that I laid out before, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are the, so what are the key components you're talking about there? You're talking about a climax to finish with. Uh, you're talking about setting the context at the start and then characters in the middle. Are there any other steps you have to go through on the way there from from yeah. this context to the yeah. climax? Yeah, you definitely want to establish some sort of struggle as well. Like, what's their challenge? So I listen for that and I try to pull that out from every interview that I do. Where, you know, at what point did they feel lost or confused? You know, they worked in a law job. You know, episode 28 of Prologue Profiles, my friend Jeff at NYU, from NYU, you know, he works at a law firm and quickly realized he didn't want to be a lawyer. And, you know, he talks a little bit about how lost he felt, um, you know, at that job. So then you're, you're, 
you're relate you're he's making himself vulnerable in a way, and so as a listener, you're relating to that. So that form of so then you you kind of establish that okay, he's going through something. There's some struggle going on. So then when he talks about how he came to his epiphany, you know you, you're you're ready for it, right? So there's there's the context, there's the setup, there's that struggle, then there's the epiphany, which you know comes from an unexpected source or just like either from himself, like I'm not going to deal with this problem anymore or someone gives him something, tells him something that kind of wakes him up and then you're like, okay, sweet. And then what you're waiting for as a listener is like, now what does he do? Uh, wow, he, he goes to cosmetology school. He learns about business plans. He tells everyone um, what he wants to do. He doesn't hide from his dream. He says, I want to open up a barber shop with a bar in the East Village. Uh, called the blind barber, and by doing that, um, a friend of his said, "Oh, I know someone who's looking to do something new with their bar space," and that's how he met his investor. Uh, you know he, how he got that conversation going. Um, so, you know, so the whatever you want to call that part, like the inaction, like the doing things part, like the, there's kind of like a template that uh, I've kind of come up with, I guess, for these episodes, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, along the way, it's like I feel like each step has to be earned. Um, otherwise, if he talks about how he just made things happen without the struggle, like you know, you need both all the parts. If he's not talking about the struggle, then you're like, well, good for him, you know. But like to know that he went through something that he really had to push it, overcome something, then you're rooting for him. Uh, that kind of thing. Great. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, you've got the context, you've got the challenge. And you've got an epiphany that falls on from that, and then you've got your climax. The action, the action that leads to the climax. The ah, climax is like achieving his goal. Uh, and action is the important part. We kind of skip over that too. Like, how did he get there? Like, really, how did they do that? You know, like, who did he talk to? What did he? How did he prepare? What had the meeting go? Um, like, all those deep, like, details is also really important. Like, specifics. Like, a lot of times, as I hear a lot of interview shows. Um, you know, specifics, well, I won't say that. I mean, I, I know shows that I'm really drawn to when, like, they get really specific because that's how we, I can apply to myself. Like, um, okay, he, you know, just anything that, any little detail that I can hold on to, the more specific, the better because that brings it to life. That really, you know, otherwise you're being vague and kind of glossing over it um, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't become as real. I think that's the power of podcasting too that we can talk about, like, I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, but like people would talk to me and be like, um, you know, you should do video. You should do a video. This would be really great as video. Uh, or almost like, you know, why are you doing podcasting? And uh, what I've loved about, and sometimes I we get tempted by that, and like listen to it, and like you know, try out video. And um, but like what's what's I love about the podcast form is that it is similar to books. Like it's similar to reading a book. It's so intimate and. Um, your imagination takes over. Um, if you know the guest on my show is is really walking you through his story, you're visualizing it. You know, so that's such a powerful um, opportunity with the podcasting medium in in particular. I think that's why storytelling is so important with podcasting. If the if the content's vague, the the imagination can't really hold on to much and can't do much with it, and so they're kind of having a vague experience. But the more rich and detailed and colorful the story is um, by setting up where it is, what it was like, you know, who was there. All, all of that 
um, really takes advantage of the medium. And it's similar to, to reading a book, except you can do it in the grocery store. You know, you, can, you don't have to, you can do it while you're driving. So there's all that. I think I'm really glad we're talking about storytelling because I don't think it's talked about enough. And I think uh, as podcasting becomes more and more um, popular and people are looking for it, I think, um, you know, I think the comparison from podcasting to books and the power of imagination, I think, is more and more important. So I'm, I'm really glad we're talking about it. So is that is that a choice? Sorry, is that your job as the um, the interviewer then to be curious and actually draw out all of that detail? You've got to be there demanding to know all the questions that your listener or listeners will 100%, be asking. Colin, Colin, it, it comes in two fronts. One is when I'm interviewing someone, so I have kind of a list of questions, um, and I'm li- I'm listening on behalf. So I'm listening to my guest on behalf of my audience, of my listener. Like, what do they want to know? What am I hearing? That um, what am I hearing? And like, what's missing from what I'm hearing? What what are the gaps? So if we if the if the struggle part is kind of skimmed over, hold on, let's take a step back because con- sometimes we like to skim over that. It's like, hold on, let's go in, let's explore that, you know. Or they talk really quick about the action part, and it's like, okay, wait, hold on. Well, who did you actually talk to? How do you meet this person in the first place? Like all those details. Um, so as an interviewer, you know, you uh, if you're not listening, you really have to listen to what they're saying. So that's that's that just comes with experience and a skill. So I, um, you know, I worked in market research for five years before I launched my show, and I was doing focus groups and in-depth interviews, like professionally. So I kind of had experience of like what it takes to. Um, Listen, and then also how to get those details, and like ask questions, ask follow-ups. So that just comes with experience. Um, and then on the back, on the other end, once you have all that footage, then it's about crafting what I call sculpting an episode, and that, that's a whole process. That you know, I've done seventy-nine of these. You know, I have, uh, you know, I kind of know what I'm lo- looking for, but like you know, it takes time to know what works. But um, it, it's, it's, I still take four days on each episode to put them together. Um, and that just comes from listening to it, oh, I don't know, 50 times over and over again. Like, yeah. what are the moments when they're going to tune out? What is not important here? And having that ear, the whole the whole time when I'm interviewing and when I'm editing, the whole, the ear, my, my ear the whole time is for the listener. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this, so that's you talking about interviewing somebody and actually putting together somebody else's story, but this could apply just as well to, say, a solo show. So you're the host, you're talking. Um, They could apply your structure, couldn't they? The context, the challenge, the epiphany, the action, the climax. They could apply that to something like, say, I'm just talking myself to my audience. That could be applied just as well, couldn't it? Uh, 100%. Um, Depends on what kind of, I mean, yeah, 100%. Why not? (laughs) <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, no, I was just clarifying that, just because I think uh, the the re- like we said at the start, the reason that storytelling has become so fashionable is because of shows like yourself, like Serial, that where it's all bringing together other people's stories. It's bringing together a whole lot of editing. Um, and when you talk about mm-hmm. four days to to edit it together, that's going to terrify a lot of people. A lot of people might not have that much time to be able to apply to it. But I'm just sort of trying to make sure that it's possible for people to do this in a, a shorter time scale, maybe an easier time skill that storytelling can still apply to somebody doing a story, a solo show. Yeah. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, sorry. What I want to say is I totally understand what you're saying. And there are definitely people who would say, oh, wow, four days to, to put together an episode. 
um, that I can't do that. Um, I'm all about kind of like, are you sure? You sure you can't? Like, how can we find time? Like, how much of your day is spent doing, you know, nothing? <laughs> or, you know, like, what do you really want to do? So I think, and then that's kind of an outcome of having interviewed all these people doing amazing things. It's like, it all comes down to mindset. And the moment, and so easy for us uh, to just um, put out an excuse that typically gets um, accepted. Like, uh, I can't spend four days on an episode. And then, so as your friend, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. That's a lot of time. But hold on. Are we sure? Like, let's really look at that at face value. Um, so, because if you want to do something great, I think there's, Colin, as you know, like there's so many more podcasts coming out these days. Like, it's getting more and more attention. There's gonna be more, the, the market's gonna be more and more crowded. There's literally no barrier to entry except equipment costs like nothing and people's time. And so, to really stand out, uh, you have to be great. You have to really love it. So. I'm all about, like, the, the, the world doesn't need an average, mediocre podcast, unless it's for you. The world needs a great pot. We need great things. A startup is a great show. Like, what you just brought it up with me, it's a great show, and they spend lots of time on that. Um, and, and they'll even tell you how much that's a challenge for them, but, like, that's how yeah. they got all this attention in the first place. So uh, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I, really, I stand for great things, and great things take time. And storytelling takes time. And so there's no shortcuts to storytelling um, or to creating something great. And I don't mean to be preaching here, but, like, uh, really, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, if you're looking for a shortcut, then, you know, the, the results are going to come from that. And people are going to see that. And if, if you really put the time in the, and you love it and you put the time into it and it's going to be great and you think it's great, that's how things grow these days. Because no one's going to pay for your podcast. Like, they're free right now. Unless something comes up, it's free. So you want it to spread. And the way for it to spread is for it to be captivating and to be great. And for it to be great, it takes time. So I would start right there. Um, and, you know, if you're doing something great, like, you might not think you want to have time. But, like, you know, you, you don't know what your life is like working on something great. And like how that's gonna, that's gonna change your life if you put time in to make something great and you're proud of it you're you're gonna be a changed person. And so like I want to see your life, and I'm just talking to your listeners. I want to see your life with making something great and what happens from that. And like you're gonna talk differently, people are gonna see you differently. That's happened with me. Like that's what made me want to start my show. Like I knew I was capable of great things, but I feel like I never made anything great. And. I knew I could make a great show, but I didn't make one until I really, literally fell on my ass trying to be a school teacher and teach for America. I was in Mississippi, Colin, in 2011, trying to be a school teacher, trying to save the world. It did not work out. And I came back home, embarrassed as all heck. All my friends had been so proud of me. It did not work out. This is the struggle part, Colin. So now, your listeners, at this, before this point, they were like, who is this guy telling me what to do? Who is this guy? Um, you know, so now I'm kind of giving you my struggle here to kind of put you in my shoes and kind of relate to me. Um, six months, the fall of 2011, I was just depressed. I couldn't get out of bed. I'm like, what have I done with my life? I quit my job. I was living in the Lower East Side, New York City. I had it all, and I tried. To, I left to become a teacher in Mississippi, and I quit on the first day of school. I knew I wasn't going to make it, and so I was so embarrassed. And um, Getting at, I, I got out of that. I started helping my fiance with her business. She's an amazing fashion designer. I had more confidence in myself, and I had this idea of like, I had some compassion for myself. I'm like, hey, I'm not the only person 
in this position of like, what do I do with my life? It's a common symptom we have as human beings, especially Generation Y. There's so many options out there. What's the right one? And so I knew I wasn't alone, and there were other people like me. And I knew people like my fiance, who I met when she was 23, and she had she was selling her couture gowns at even markets already. I'm like, what? Who are you? That's actually what inspired me to become a teacher. Uh, but I, so I'm like, some, I know Fab. I knew other my friend Jeff, the blind barb, blind barber entrepreneur, like. Their story should be out there to inspire people like me to see what's possible and tell it in a really authentic way, really demystify success. So I was so inspired to make that happen. So two months later, I had eight episodes of Prologue Profiles ready to go, and I launched April 29th, 2012. And the, it wasn't great right away. Uh, I did a few test episodes with um, Fab, and you know that I shared it with some good friends of mine who I trusted, and they gave me their honest opinion, and I tweaked that, and then. My really good friend was my first episode. I shared that with Fab, and she's like, this is amazing. And, uh, you know, working on something for so long, that first episode, you know, you get really close to it. So to have someone else outside of you say it's amazing, that gives you so much confidence. So from there, I knew it was a wrap. Like, it, in terms of I just need to keep doing this. Um, mm -hmm. And there's no way I'd be interviewing a monologue writer for The Tonight Show if I wasn't making something great. How I got her, Colin, is um, I had done an episode for um, another comedy writer, Scotty Landis, who I didn't know, who someone, a stranger, reached out to me and recommended his friend, Scotty Landis, for my show. And then Scotty, uh, he was so happy with the experience, people were reaching out to him with the, with, um, the feedback, that he recommended his friend Albertina, right? And that none of that would have happened if the show wasn't great, if, the sh if I didn't put the time and love into it. Uh, so the, the world and the universe rewards great things. And great things come through storytelling, which come through time. <laughs> I love your passion on it. <laughs> and uh, sharing your story as well there to demonstrate some good storytelling in action. So that was really good. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for listening. Yeah, awesome. That felt good. That was good. I needed that. <laughs> Good venting. I forgot, I forgot who I was. I forgot what was going on for a second. <laughs> um, okay, well, assuming I, I think you're, I totally agree. I think you're right. Making a, a story um, is so much more time consuming than a, just a standard podcast. But you're right. The results just speak for themselves. Uh, the the podcasts that are rising to the top now just all demonstrate that. And I think it's pretty clear from most of them. Some are being quite transparent about how long it's taking, like you just have. So, um, yeah, totally agree that it's worth the investment in many cases. So assuming that people want to get great, they want to create great things then, what, what's your first step then? How do you think people get better at storytelling? Uh, first step is you need good takes. You need to know what's great. You need to be able to distinguish what's great. So uh, that can come from, you know, if, if we're thinking about podcasting, listen to the shows that are great, This American Life, uh, Startup, those kind of shows. You know, read books that are, rec like, you know, I'm actually looking for some great books, but you know, ask your friends like, what what are you really feeling these days? What's really good? Like, look into the marketplace via people whose opinions you trust. Ask them what they're really into right now. Um, and I would, it could be music, but more so in TV too. Like, TV, what TV are you watching? Seriously, like, watch TV and like understand why it's good. Uh, read a book, understand why it's good. Like, what or not good? Like, what would you like? And from that, you're going to strengthen your opinion muscle. You're going to have a stronger opinion. You, uh, you need a, to know what your perspective is. And not like this is what my perspective is, but like just have like something. You read something and know, have a reaction to it. Do I like this? Do I not like this? How would I make this better? Uh, 
that is what the world needs and reflect that in your work. So that's where it would start. Just like t absorb great things and to find great things, ask people what they think is great. Uh, people whose opinion you, you look up to, you know, we, this is all about great. Who has great opinions? Who's into like really interesting things? Ask them. Like we're, we're not talking mediocre right now. Uh, it's all great. So that's where I would start. And um, I think that's the most important. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's definitely where I would start. Excellent. Yeah, I think it's funny that you bring up books. Obviously, been around for centuries and centuries, uh, yeah. and often quite a neglected um, example. That people are kind of talking about storytelling right now as if it's something new. As something <laughs> yeah, right. Since, this thing uh, called books. <laughs> well, even going back, like even just talking, like three thousand, four thousand years ago, or whatever, people sitting around a campfire, and uh, yeah. So, but yeah, but books like are a great example. Thing. Sorry to interrupt you. That's amazing, man. Like there are books from you know hundreds of years ago that people still read and talk about and why yeah. because people spent time on them and they're great and like that's what I, I want prologue profiles to be relevant like in 50 100 years like that's kind of I want it to like be uh, just like to stand the test of time in a way like that's kind of what I'm shooting for I really, I really want to, you know just because like I think that's what the world needs it needs things that are awesome and whether that happens or not who knows but like I don't know that's kind of what inspires me inspires me is like creating awesome things and like yeah that's how amazing the books have been around for so long but like why because they're, they're great <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah i'm amped up i'm amped up con <laughs> that's brilliant okay well that's a great um that's a great tie-up actually uh so uh your podcast how how can we find yeah. you how can we find your podcast yeah so it's on itunes uh prologue profiles p-r-o-l-o G-U-E, like the beginning of a story. Uh, profiles, P-R-O-F-I-L-E-S. It's on Excellent. iTunes, subscribe. Um, I'm actually um, started, I had started last year experimenting with on-the-street interviews because like we said, like, wow, it takes me four days to make an episode. And as you may know, and as I'm sure you've talked about on your show, like, you know, you want to put out, you want to be consistent with your content. You want to put out a lot of stuff out there. And mm -hmm. so I was, I found this, kind of bottleneck of putting it, taking time to put out an episode. Um, ha but I didn't want to spend less time. I still wanted to be proud of it. So I had this idea to just interview people on the street, like for like one to five minutes and then put it up like that day. Uh, and that went pretty well last year, but I wasn't really consistent with it. And I was so inspired uh, this year just by like humans of New York and how he's growing and how he, you know, he just focuses on the work. Like he, he came in wanting to, to do 10,000 portraits, not like make $10 million. It's like he wants, it's all about the work. And he, you know, he, he would do five portraits a day for years, like four years. And, uh, you know, that consistency has paid off for him. And uh, so I'm like inspired by his consistency, his work ethic. So now for the past 14 days or so, I've been putting out a prologue on the street a day. And um, I've been seeing really awesome growth in iTunes from that just by having a consistent uh, presence. So there's two ways to kind of experience the show. One is long form, which comes out every week, and the other one is an on-the-street component, which comes out daily. And I actually want to double that to twice a day. So that's my new challenge. Excellent. That's really interesting. Uh, twice a day, that's even more frequent than uh, the most frequent I've heard of. So, <laughs> Right? Exactly. What, what would that look like? I want to live in a world where there's a prologue on the street every day, where there's two every day. That's, that's the world I want to live in. So that's what inspires me. I actually got to go out into the street after this. I got to hit it up. And it's so cold right now. It's like five <laughs> degrees. 
uh, Fahrenheit, so any, but you know, I can, that's yeah. not going to be an excuse. We got to go do it, Colin. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, consistency. I'm sure people will go and check out your show as well and uh, your, your little profile uh, prologues as well. So thanks very much for joining us again, Dan. And uh, I think this has been great. Some excellent interview uh, uh, on storytelling. So <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Colin. Good luck this year. Uh, be in touch. Cheers. Bye bye. If you want more of everything podcasting, from equipment guides to podcasting courses, head over to thepodcasthost.com. And don't forget to give us some feedback. Leave a comment at podcraft.net or send Colin a tweet at the podcast host. Thanks for listening.